0: <laughs> Mama. welcome to parent talk podcasts where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze well at least a little easier now here is your host jambief kyle and co-host heather fox Hi everyone, welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the Greater Vancouver area. Parent Talk, is a conversation that supports and encourages moms and dads. Our show, it's a great way to connect and bounce ideas off of other parents, going through similar experiences, helping us be the best parents we can be. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the Contact Us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. I'm Genevieve Kyle, I'm the founder and new host of Parent Talk. I am a 41-year-old new mom of a one-year-old little boy named Alexandre, and I am a registered dental hygienist. So today we're talking about our child's first dental visit. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi, everyone. My name is Heather Fox, and I am your co-host of
1: Parent Talk. I am 40 years old and a new mom to baby Hudson, who is now one years old. I am now a stay-home mom. However, my background is in early childhood education, and I'm a former owner of Jimbri Play Music.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Calvin Tam, uh, general dentist uh, practicing uh, at North Delta Dental. I originally graduated from UBC and have been practicing for about 15 years now. Uh, I am married with uh, two boys, a uh, nine-year-old and seven-year-old, and really enjoy spending a lot of time with them whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, thank you for being here. So, Calvin, when should we bring our child to their first dental visit?
2: So, the current recommendations by the uh, British Columbia Dental Association and the Canadian uh, Dental Association is to bring your child in within six months of the first tooth eruption or by age one. So usually that kind of coincides with it. So I usually, for simplicity reasons, just tell everybody by by about age one is a good time.
0: Mm-hmm. And why so early?
2: So a lot of parents will wonder like, well, what are you actually going to do with my child? There's not much teeth to look at. And yeah, the examination plays a role uh, on that first visit, but uh, more time is actually spent talking to mom and dad about uh, home care. Uh, brushing, um, avoiding cavities, what teeth would be arriving, so teething and what how many teeth would be arriving over a certain period of time. So a lot of it is about prevention, and so allowing parents to know how best to take care of their child's teeth so that we can avoid um, uh, bigger problems down the road.
0: What happened at this first appointment?
2: Um, so for this... Um, appointment, um, we usually will bring um, uh, mom and mom and dad and uh, the child in, um, depending on if the child is um, sort of calm or a little bit not not so happy, then we usually will do the examination first. But if they're super calm, then I'll usually ha- carry on the conversation with mom and dad first about uh, everything we discussed. Uh, the actual examination, how we do it is, uh, we actually don't do it in the dental chair. Uh, I just pull up two chairs and I'll sit knee-to-knee with the parent. Um, the parent will hold the child uh, in their lap facing them, and then they'll lean the child into my lap so I can do the examination um, that way. Um, it keeps them, the child a little bit more comfortable knowing that mom and dad is there. Uh, a lot of times I'll even use the excuse of uh, having mom or dad show me how they brush their, their teeth at home so that we can kind of look in. And on the rare occasion, if they're uncooperative, then crying is okay as well because then their mouth is open and I can see.
0: We can see. So So, uh, what are you looking for during that first examination?
2: So with inside the mouth specifically, I'm looking just uh, for um, to see how, obviously cavities, we're looking for that. Um, But the big thing is just to look to see how brushing is, uh, is going at home. Um, In terms of removal of plaque and any development of any tartar that we're seeing. Um, And on the rare occasion, any sort of issues with um, um, soft tissue um, issues. Uh, On the rare occasion, an erupting tooth can end up with a little bit of swelling or have a discoloration. So I've often had parents will ask me what, what that is. Um, and you know, if there's anything to worry about, usually it's not. It's, it's commonly just something that we see with a new tooth coming in as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Why is using a toothpaste with fluoride is important?
2: So we do spend some time talking about brushing. Um, so um, brushing with small grain-sized rice with toothpaste with fluoride in it um, is important in preventing decay so for children that's specifically children under three children over three you want to use about pea-sized amount and fluoride has plays a role in preventing decay by uh, two main things Uh, one um, fluoride has an antibacterial effect in terms of reducing the amount of cavity forming bacteria in our mouths Uh, but on a more systemic level the small amounts that uh, they may swallow um, can help integrate into the developing enamel of the other teeth that haven't come in yet and actually make them more resistant to um, the acid attacks caused by cavities. Um, cavities is um, the second most common disease after the common cold, So and but 100% preventable. And it's all caused by bacteria. And the bacteria, what they do is they digest carbohydrates that we consume. And so it doesn't matter what type of carbohydrate. It could be sweet or savory. Uh, to the bacteria, carb is a carb. And through their digestion, uh, it produces an acid. And it's that acid that can soften the enamel and then over time cause a cavity to form. Our own saliva has the ability to counterbalance that acid attack but it takes about two or three hours for that to happen. And it doesn't matter whether you brush right after you eat or you swish with mouth rinse or anything like that, the saliva still needs to do its thing in order to bring your mouth back to the neutral pH. So commonly, our more modern diets involve us uh, consuming every two or three hours, and especially with kids who snack often, um, if every time you're snacking contains a high amount of carbohydrate, then you can imagine that your mouth is bathing in assay all day long and then increasing your risk for the potential for cavities.
0: So, Calvin, why do you discuss uh, diet with the parents?
2: So, as we were talking about in terms of cavities, diet plays actually a very big role. Um, you know, when we grew up, mom and dad told us, hey, brush your teeth, you won't get cavities. And yes, that's part of it because brushing and flossing does reduce the amount of bacteria in our mouths, but the bigger thing is diet. Um so as parents, I, well, the first thing I tell parents that usually will shock them um, is juice. Um, commonly, juice is given to children because we think it, it you know comes from fruits and vegetables, so therefore it's nutritious and we get nutrients and vitamins and that sort of thing. But I usually will tell them, if you've got juice at home, take it, pour it down the drain, don't ever buy it again. And then I get a lot of sort of awestruck looks when I say that. And the the reason why I say that is that uh, a glass of juice, orange juice, apple juice, cranberry, whatever, a glass, 250 ml glass, has about eight teaspoons of sugar. Now, you compare that to a can of cola, which we all know is bad already. can of cola, 355 ml, has about 10 teaspoons of sugar. Um, So it's close. It's close. Yeah. And and ratio-wise, if anything, um, the glass of juice is actually worse. So if you wouldn't give your child the cola, why are you giving them the juice? So I always say, dump the juice, but stick to the fruits and vegetables. So uh, to give you an example, like an apple is about one and a half to two teaspoons of su- of natural sugar in in on in one apple. But in one sitting, you know, the average child couldn't could barely eat a third of it uh, of an apple. But you're still getting all the fruits and vegetables. So the big thing is is you know having a look at diet and seeing where we can uh, avoid the extra sugar, unnecessary sugar. So yogurt's another big thing. Yogurt has a lot of added sugar. Uh, but we give it to our kids because we want the calcium and the vitamin D. But if we look at other sources, you won't actually need yogurt at all. So if you look at milk or cheese, cheese actually has an antibacterial effect on um, on ba- on the ba- cavity-forming bacteria, which so that's good. But... Um, certain nuts if your child's are, aren't allergic um, and obviously su- certain fruits and vegetables have those sources as well so we don't necessarily have to rely on yogurt um, but it's hard I mean I'm a parent I've been there you're know, trying to get kids to uh, you know get lunches packed and get them out the door and so forth so sometimes we rely on things that are more convenient um, but if you have a look at some of these processed items there's a there's a high high uh sugar content that's just unnecessary to give to kids and so when i talk to parents i'm like well okay you know i get it do your you know you, we we all do what we can but in the end to the, the bottom line it you know fresh is best so if you stick to whatever you can make from scratch at home versus having to rely on something that's store-bought you're always better off um another big thing is like uh, breakfast cereal like we all know breakfast cereal is terrible. So what are alternatives that are quick enough to to kind of do in the morning? Well, my kids love eggs. So eggs is one of the fastest things that you can make, whether it be scrambled or fried. So that's usually a common thing that we have is, you know, fried eggs, maybe a slice of toast and some fruit and, that's, and, a, and a cup of milk, and that's the breakfast for the morning rather than having to rely on the cereal. Does that mean we don't have cereal in the house? No. I mean, it's a treat, so they'll get it. But the thing is, in the end, it's about moderation, right? I mean, I'm not saying, hey, we need to ban all sweet things, but it's about when to introduce it and why you want to introduce it.
0: When you talk about yogurts, what type of yogurts are you talking about? So
2: yogurts is the is the big thing. Is the um, Yogurt has all the added sugar, uh, especially with fruit-flavored ones. Um, the ones that don't have added sugar, you're looking at like plain Greek yogurt, which has you know good high protein content but most people probably wouldn't want to have it just because of its of its taste especially for a child so if you end up sticking to uh, milk or cheese and some people will say well what about if they're lactose intolerant and we're looking at other alternatives whether it be soy milk almond milk that sort of things if they're not allergic to nuts so it's it's challenging Mm and in terms of trying to find the the new those nutrients but that's why i kind of go back to the okay well Look at fruits and vegetables, and nuts and that sort of thing. They overall, in the end, we don't necessarily have to rely on yogurt.
1: Um, One way that you can naturally kind of make that um, plain Greek yogurt a little more child appealing or even adult appealing for my husband (laughs) um, is we defrost berries and then the juices that come out of the berries just mix that in. So I'm not actually adding sugar. Yeah. Yeah, so just mixing Absolutely. the actual frozen berries in with the Greek yogurt gives it a little bit of a natural but, sweet.
2: But you'll know you go to the you go to the supermarket, you know, yogurt with food Ten flavors grams of sugar. and like funny looking characters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Little like yogurt drinks and the yogurt squeezes that that's all marketed to the kids. But if you actually look at the labels, so much sugar. You would be you'd be shocked to see what kind was <laughs> yeah. there. But it's 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 marketed directly yeah. for the kids.
0: I guess we just have to look, right? You have to mm-hmm. take the time to read the labels you read when those. you buy things, specifically when it's for your children. I mean, for yourself too, yeah, right? That's where Absolutely. I learned really most of it. You, you, like Calvin's saying, good. if you don't make things from scratch. If you're not using one ingredient things, you know, like yeah. carrots, apple, that's what I like to say to my husband. Yeah. One ingredient things, you actually have to look at what you're mm-hmm. putting into your mouth because you can have little surprises. Yeah, yeah.
2: most labels uh, list carbohydrates um, in grams, so if you want to do the conversion, it's four grams of sugar is one teaspoon.
0: That's good to know.
2: <laughs> so that's that's the, sort of the common place where I'll look at mm-hmm. I uh, look at things. Um, if you want to hear something shocking, uh, I recently looked up sort of general drinks that adults have or even children have. Um, a Slurpee. I don't know if it's the giant one, but if, it might even be the not giant one. So One Step Down has about 40 teaspoons of sugar. Oh, my down. God. Oh my God. So, oh my I mean, you may as well just crack open the, the sugar jar and just start <laughs> pouring sugar down
0: your mouth kind of thing, right? I mean, only when you were saying earlier, like... A- box Of juice, it's about seven teaspoons of sugar. Mm-hmm. I don't know any adult that will put seven teaspoons of sugar in their coffee Absolutely. ever. No. So, Absolutely. how would you like it when you start thinking about it like that? Like, don't give it to your children, no. right?
2: Exactly. And, the, and that's that's the biggest thing. It's and it's tough, right? I mean, we go to birthday parties, we take our kids to birthday parties, and all that, and, and, and there's all these things there's juice, there's cake, there's cookies, but. You know, everything in moderation, right? I mean, my kids, I guess I've done something right. They they know that juice is not good for them. So my youngest actually will go around lecturing his classmates about how bad the <laughs> juice is. So um, 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 the, their preschool uh, now, after kind of uh, I did a little talk for parents, the preschool now bans juice from from being brought to the preschool.
0: Um, that's awesome. I mean, I,
2: I wish the elementary school would do that too, but I mean, we're not quite there yet, but to be honest, I I would, if, uh, if, if they did, that would be a great thing. Um, one of my patients is, um, is a kindergarten teacher and that's all they have is water. juice is not allowed in their, in their, her classroom. And that's, and I think that's important. I've had one parent said to me, wow, after hearing my talk, like, Total fail. Sorry, I, I've been giving them juice every day thinking that I was good for them. And I said to them, well, that's not your fault. You know, you didn't know, but now you do. So make you can make that change and make it better. Yeah. Right? We, in the end, it's about just doing our best, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For us at Jim Marie, we had a preschool program and we provided the kids
1: cups of water it was Jimbo water it was very exciting and, and you know and they, Jimbo, and they water. Jimbo water Jimbo was the clown mascot yeah. so and of course the cups that we gave the water and had Jimbo all over it so it was very exciting the parents are like they don't drink water at home but here it's like Jimbo water. but yeah make it home, fun yeah right? totally make it yeah. fun but yeah. at home because we don't have like I don't drink pop and I've actually never really liked juice so that's easy to get rid of that one for me but mm-hmm. um so at home the only thing that I kind of laugh at is that when we have company over, literally there is water or milk <laughs> to drink. I'm like, would you like a drink? I'm like, I have water and milk.
2: <laughs> so that's it.
1: That's it. So, like, <laughs> um,
2: one thing that we did do with at our, our kids' birthday parties now, because I didn't want to offer juice, is uh, I'd go buy a case of water um, and then have those uh, squeezable water flavors. Uh, we just buy five or six of them. None of they—they they don't actually contain sugar. They use an artificial sweetener, and so the kids have a bus just kind of squeezing and mixing their own, and you know that's a good alternative to that's to cool. juice.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Calvin, is there anything else you'd like to discuss at that first uh, visit?
2: So the other thing that we uh, I do spend some time with parents is um, teething and and sort of what uh, what how many teeth that they should expect. Uh, in terms of the over that period of time between visits. So we'll talk about sort of signs and symptoms of, of things that may occur, uh, if any discomfort occurs, uh, what sort of remedies there are, um, um, good remedies and bad remedies, and, and sort of any myths that are out there that um, that uh, I try my best to try to dispel for parents.
0: Mm-hmm. As a hygienist, I have uh, many time um, see parents that are really anxious Mm -hmm. and anxious parents are coming to the office and they're really trying to not necessarily transfer this to their children. Usually how do you manage um, parents that are really anxious at a dentist? Yeah.
2: I mean we don't not we'll never want to do that on purpose but it's, it's natural for us to project onto our children good and bad. So when we have an anxious parent um we try really hard to explain to them that we're trying to keep the experience to the dentist as positive as possible and to not even have them over-explain or over-talk what, what's going to happen in the dentist's office because we'll do all that. Um, as the kids get older, we, I mean, the whole purpose of seeing them at such a young age is to get them uh, accustomed to the environment and also for us to kind of understand their temperament you know, some children are really easygoing and we know, okay, well, we're going to be able to do a lot with them uh, moving forward. And we have some kids who are a little bit more shy or a little bit more resistant, and that's okay too. Um, the The key is to never push. I don't. We don't push dental treatment on kids, uh, it, it, you know, whether it be uh, just the polishing and the fluoride or later on when they need to do dental work. Um, kids don't want to have a, a lost sense of control, and that's what ends up causing, you know, bad experiences and bad experiences in the dental office is what causes anxious adults who don't like to go to the dentist that that's common with with most of my anxious patients is poor experiences as children so that's the biggest thing what we're trying to promote so if they need dental work done i'll explain to parents okay don't don't be going home and telling them that you're going to go to the dentist and you're you need to you need to you have a huge cavity a huge hole in your mouth and you're gonna you're gonna get a big needle i mean that's like the last thing i want he said, "You know, I'll explain to 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 the child and the parents what's going on. So whatever I see, I'll tell parent, mom and dad. But I'll also, we'll go back and tell the child so they know what's going on. And but we explain it in their words. So if they have a cavity, it's like, okay, we've got little sugar bugs. That have eaten a little small hole in your tooth. So we're gonna wash it away, clean it up, put in a silver star or a little diamond on the tooth, and make it look nice and keep it protected again and make it strong." Um, I've had patients, actually, I've told them the, the silver star, I can actually make a star onto the filling. And um, I've done that. Like, I'll actually, we'll, we'll uh, carve it into the filling, and then I'll take a photo of it and then show it to them. Uh, that usually gets pretty good browning points for me, so. That's good. <laughs> uh, but the bi- the biggest thing is, is keeping it fun for kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, going to the dentist should be a fun thing. And so that's why we have, you know, toys and books in the waiting room. We've got uh, tablets with games for them to play. Uh, they can watch TV during their appointments. But, the, I mean, the best part is when you're, when you're done and you get to go and you get a new toothbrush and you... You get to go to the prize drawer and, and go through all the different toys. And, you know, that's one of my favorite memories, going to the dentist, was was getting that toy. And if anything, I still have adults coming and say, like, hey, do I get a toy? I'm like, sure, if you want one, go for it.
1: A dentist drink. I was wearing yeah. my dentist drink.
0: <laughs> I do not as often parents will say to their children don't worry, you're not going to feel any pain and it's not going to hurt. And all the big words, right? And the children, what they hear, it's hurt pain, and hurt. pain, pain and needle, like you're saying. Yeah. They hear all those big words. So often What I say to parents, is like, we're going to the dentist. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Keep it very simple. We say too much sometimes, like way too much.
2: And sometimes it's not just parents. It could be their friends at school or it could be their siblings that often will... Tell them different things. I mean, in the end, you know, the bad experiences that happen to the dental office usually get shared the most. Nobody ever, sh- nobody really shares good experiences. Nobody says, Oh, I went to the dentist, nothing happened, it was awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: you know, no, usually, was like, Oh, I had a root canal is the worst thing ever. When, like, 95% of root canal therapy is actually, you know, relatively uh, uneventful and Boring. If I was anything. sleeping
0: through my last routine, exactly. so, so I can't say that. And so mm-hmm. that's what
2: I tell parents when they have, or I tell all my patients, you have a good experience. Please go and share that because I want people to realize that actually going to the dentist is not that big of a deal. And that's, that's the whole purpose or, or philosophy at our dental office is that we, yeah, we're professional, but it's, it, we also want to keep it casual and fun. We want people to come in. And, and enjoy themselves, see the familiar faces, catch up, have good conversation. Um, actually, I didn't even mention um, we have an office mascot. We have a little shih tzu that hangs out at our office all day long. So Very cute. Um, yeah. Nala is great with kids. Uh, the kids love her. Um, uh, when she senses that kids are a little bit anxious, she's usually the first to arrive to make sure everything's okay. And she's, that's not just children that that happens to even our adults. Uh, we've gotten to a point where actually, um, I have patients call and say, is Nala going to be there? Cause if not, I want to reschedule my appointment because <laughs> she's not, she's not necessarily there all day long either. Um, but I mean, she's a great addition to our team too, uh, as a way of just keeping it casual and fun and a nice place to visit and I always say like my patients to me are like my extended family it's like you know catching up with aunties and uncles and, and cousins and seeing how they're doing and watching their family grow and uh, I you know I've had I have this one family who who used to see me at my previous practice and I've only been in North Delta for five years now but they recently moved to the area came to see me and I their their son is I think about seven or eight years old and I said to him hey you know what the first time I met you you're a little baby and he looks at me like, really? I don't remember that. I'm like, yeah, I didn't think you would. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the that's the cool that for me is the the best part of what I do is is watching families grow, watching kids grow, and, and and seeing what they're doing and and sharing sharing with each other, sharing your your life with them and their lives with you. And you know, I learn new like recipes and. New travel tips and all sorts of
0: things. This is what make her job fun, right? You share yourself, they share themselves and it's, yeah. the,
2: it's it's the connection. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that's why the connection starts from that almost day one, mm-hmm. right? At that young age that we you know, I I I got a chance to hold a six week six week year old baby the other day. And I haven't held one in ages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I managed to calm him down and I'm like, yeah, I still got the touch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Calvin's got the touch.
2: All
0: right. So, um, what's the difference, uh, between a general dentist and a pediatric dentist?
2: So nowadays, um, I, I get that question a lot because a lot of parents out there have this opinion that maybe the pediatric dentist is better than the general dentist in what they do. Um, you know, some general dentists are maybe not comfortable with kids. So, um, that, that may be uh, uh, a significant difference. I mean in the end, you should talk to your dentist in terms of whether they see kids or not. I mean, I, I see kids from like I said, um, age 1 to 100 plus and and, and, I, and I pride myself in that. but uh, the big thing the big you know we see kids on a regular basis for examinations and cleanings and fluoride applications and fillings. But if I have a young child who maybe um, needs a lot of dental work, um, I probably don't want to bring them back for multiple appointments and having to put them through that. It might be better off to um, work with a pediatric dentist who is, uh, has the specialty training to, see kid, uh, to do dental treatment under sedation. So sometimes it could be um, uh, oral medication. Sometimes it could be uh, a sedative through uh, intravenous uh, IV in the arm. Um, or sometimes it could be under uh, general anesthetic either in the hospital or in the uh, private setting. Um, in the end, you know we want to again go back and say, um, we want to keep the positive experiences for kids. So when we aren't able to you know manage the child behaviorally, then the other best option would be to go work with a, a pediatric dentist and, and have the treatment done in in those uh in those types of ways so that it keeps it uh, positive they don't remember you know it being a, a bad thing um, I mean let's face it kids attention span only lasts for so long so if I need to do a lot of extensive treatment it's not possible for me to do it in half an hour if it's one or two little things no problem I mean I've done a filling on a two-year-old she just sat there and I we even did it without anesthetic she didn't flinch so, I mean, every child is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the
0: cavity is just starting, it's so small, you catch mm-hmm. it small, which is important to see your dentist regularly because we can't catch things very small. and then,
2: Yeah. yeah. And, and then, you know, as, a, uh, uh, as one story, I have of this, this one patient where I saw mom and dad on a regular basis and I knew they were expecting. And during the visits, I had said to them, you know, make sure you bring your child in for their first visit. unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see this child till about age two and a half. And at that point, it was already too late. Uh, When I saw her, every single uh, tooth in her mouth had decay, which was unfortunate. Her grandparents spent most of the time taking care of her and and gave her a lot of juice. And so, unfortunately, we caught it too late. And then I had to refer her to um, the pediatric dentist and they got uh, treatment done at uh, Children's Hospital. I mean, it's, it's not... It's not the worst thing ever to have to end up in those type of situations, but it's preventable. So, uh, you know, that, and that's why we're talking about what we're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. The sooner we can kind of watch out and address, then that's, you know, that's the best that we can do for our kids.
0: So how often do you want to see uh, the child after their first visit?
2: Um, so I usually recommend um, six months uh, is, a, is a good time to see. Um, Because anything longer, you know, decay can happen, um, and we want to catch small things early. So each visit is going to be different. Sometimes we will only be able to do an examination, and then but we slowly work them out. Okay, we do the examination. Next time, maybe we can do fluoride application, and then we move up where the dental assistant can start polishing and cleaning their teeth. And maybe there's one time we'll be able to do it, and the next time we can't. But that's okay. We just kind of uh, go where the child will lead us, and and that's the that's the key. But um, you know, in the end, we don't want to push. Um, I always joke with parents. I mean, I have a little girls seem to have a special affinity for me at uh, age about one to about two and a half. Every time they see me, they'll cry, and I just have this. Wonderful effect on on little girls. <laughs> it seems like it's only little girls. Little boys don't seem to have an issue. But um, usually, by the time they get to about age, the time they get to about age three, three and a half, they kind of walk in like, "Hey, Doctor Callen, hop in the chair," and away we go. So, um, it's a short term thing. But I kind of tell parents that's pretty normal. I guess it's the uh, the uh, foreign male um, type of thing.
0: Yeah, it's happened to me as a hygienist. Uh, you do the whole cleaning, and then the dentist walks in as a male, and then it's like. That's it. This is over. He's not going to open. They're not going to open their mouth. And you know what? Sometimes it is what it is, right? You you
2: just do your best,
0: right? Yeah. For me as a little girl, I was the opposite, though.
1: I loved my dentist, and it was the hygienist that I was terrified to see.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, Heather, when are you thinking about bringing Hudson to the dentist? In the very near future. (laughs) He's going to be at once. Yeah. So he's. He's one, so yeah. So he has seven teeth now. It's
1: um, I do have a couple of fantastic dental hygienist friends, so they've kind of been peeking into his mouth over the, uh, the course of him kind of getting those first seven teeth. And um, but yeah, no, it's definitely time to go for our first visit. So we'll be making that really soon.
2: So Heather, how have you found uh, brushing at home been so far with Hudson? Um, well, thanks to my fabulous friend. <laughs> <Dental Hygienist. laughs>
1: She actually recommended the electric toothbrush and he does really well with it. Excellent. Um, He, I think the vibration feels good on his gums. Yeah. So he, yeah, so we do it kind of as part of bath time now. So we sit in the, like he's playing with bath toys and I'm brushing his teeth. And that's been working right now. (laughs) So I'm taking it. He's distracted. He's distracted by boats and duckies and penguins. And I'm in there brushing. And every once in a while, he'll like take a turn. And then he lets me get in there. So it hasn't been too bad. Yeah. We have our good nights and bad nights. But it's been, um, yeah, not too bad.
2: I have, I've had had some, uh, some parents that will come in and tell me they really struggle with brushing. So I will spend some time talking about that with them as well. Uh, one of the one of my preferred methods at home, and I still use it on my kids now, um, is I always say brushing can be a two parent thing, mm-hmm. and so what we do is either we I sit down either on the floor or on the bed, and I'll lean I'll lean my son into my lap, and so then I'm looking at his mouth essentially from the dentist's point of view, and this gives you you know full access, easy to look, uh, you can tilt their head and, and kind of look at the top teeth versus the bottom teeth. And it's easier on your back and your neck and everything. And, um, you know, when they're younger and maybe they struggled or wasn't content, then my wife would be there um, either holding them down or singing songs or just doing whatever you can do to kind of get it done. Um, I mean, some parents worry, like, oh, my gosh, every child cries every time they brush. Is that, you know, am i am going to ruin it for them? No, I mean, you just have to stay persistent and consistent, and over time they realize, okay, this is something that needs to be done, and 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 then you carry on. Um, the other thing is some uh, when the child's really young and they can't spit yet, some parents will ask me, well, what do I do with all that extra toothpaste? Um, you know, if they swallow a little bit of it, it's fine. If they're really drooling and you got a lot of it, then just take a clean cloth and just wipe some of it up, and mm-hmm. but then away you go.
0: Mm-hmm. So we can find Calvin on our panel of expert at parenttalk.ca, but Calvin, where else can we find you?
2: So I do run a, a weekly blog uh, where I share um, all sorts of information on dental health, um, not just for kids, but for adults as well. Um, so on my websites at uh, northdeltadentist.ca and I guess it'd be slash blog. Um, and I'm also on social media as well on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube Um, If you just look either, search up either North Delta Dental or North Delta Dentist, um, you'll find some helpful videos and uh, my kids get involved as well. And we try to keep it fun and hopefully informative for everybody and uh, enjoyable. So,
0: yeah. All right. I think it's time for a conversation card. Heather, can you pick one and read it to us? All right. So today our question is,
1: do you share any of your family's physical traits?
2: Um... Well, it'd probably be our height. Uh, my family is not very tall. I'm five three, and I'm probably the the tallest. Although my dad might argue that. Um, <laughs> My wife is not that much taller either, so I guess my kids are probably hooped for height. Uh, but my eldest might, might actually be okay. He's nine years old and he's over my shoulder already, so I've been joking with him. I go, Maybe by the time he gets to elementary school, he might, be, he might tower over me. But unfortunately, height is not something that's blessed in my family. We're all kind of around the same height, but that's okay. I've, I'm used to it by now.
1: For me, it's rather fitting for today's subject. Um, <laughs> in my family, the trait that's mostly for my mom's side is that we all have larger teeth, and um, so that'd be me and my sister. That's we're very opposite in many ways, but as soon as we smile, you're like, "Yeah, your sisters." My cousin on my mom's side as well, same teeth, same smile, and yeah. So
2: <laughs>
0: we're all looking at your teeth now.
2: <laughs> Still a beautiful smile, so yes. <laughs>
0: I think for me it will definitely be uh, nose structure from my dad's side of the family and bone structure for women's definitely that's that's where I come from, <laughs> no so, doubt.
2: So the whole family is very petite.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. the women's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 My grandmother was very similar to me. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you calvin and thank you heather for your time and for your contribution in other parents life thank you for having me for our listeners the conversation continues on our website at parenttalk.ca. you can find us on instagram facebook apple podcast google play and pod b and you can subscribe to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca so you don't miss an episode of parent talk don't forget to review us Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and
2: their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.